Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning out there, folks. What's going on? Nothing. Hey, real quickly, I enjoyed your company Saturday night. We went out for dinner, took the whole gang out. Yeah, it cost was me an arm and a leg, but that's okay. Well, it's uh, you making. Want you both money. to know that cost me an Thanks. arm and a leg. We figured. You could. <laughs> you know what's funny? Good. What was funny was that as soon as those people at the next table saw who you were, saw. Well, whatever. Some old guy went walked over up there to you told and told them that. No, no, no. But then the right. other table walked up to you because they recognized. Oh, they were nice, yeah. They were very nice. They anyway, nice. welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappala and my pal, yes. Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. We have a very good show today, special show. We have two guests, our two really dear friends that we're going to be bringing in real shortly. Derek Grady and John Tarby, Derek from Heritage Auctions and John from JT Sports. And the reason we've asked John to come on for the first segment is we need to potentially authenticate a very famous bat, hopefully. But before we do that... We got Otani's bat here? <laughs> our headline. Uh, Jeff Baker, a longtime collector, Boston sports fan and journalist, Passed away last weekend at the age of 58 following a brief illness. Jeff, Jeff hosted the TTM podcast as well as the Sports Collectors Club radio show. Jeff was a hobby ambassador and contributed many columns on various shows across the country, especially in Boston. Rico and I had the pleasure of being on Jeff's, shows, Jeff's show on two different occasions. Uh, and we, he, we thoroughly enjoyed the Boston banter. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jeff. Yep. Good guy. Too really, young. really Too good young. guy. Very, very young. Uh, that's our headline brought to us by our good friend Jeff Miller and the gang at Sports Collectors Daily. Go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. One other little PSA before we bring our guest in. Uh, as we're going to be mentioning every week, on March 2nd, Rico and I are going to be in Florida, and we're doing a fundraiser for Little Smiles in Florida, mm. raising money for kids who are ill, homeless, faced tragedy, or experienced tragedy. Please mention GAX. Go to the website, littlesmiles.org. You can make a donation, uh, 10 bucks, $20, whatever you can afford, but please mention the Great American Collectible Show. We're asking you guys that are not going to be in Florida to reach out, go onto their website, just make a small donation. Every little bit helps. All right. Yes. Let's bring in our two guests, our good friends, Derek Grady and John Tarby. How are you guys? Are we Doing keep, well. Are we Doing keeping well. Very good up? today. How about you? I hope we're I not keeping John you Tarby guys here. up. We got yeah. the Bat God. See, Rico, I mean, you'll screw up the show as usual, but you brought me in to bat clean up, and we'll have a highest-rated show again. Well, here's what, I'm, here's what my thinking is. My thinking process is, Derek, because you always have an opinion on everything, whether it be politics or baseball or softball Anything. or yeah. figure skating. You always have, so that's good. And John is no, the expert in this, in this case. So here's what we're going to do. I picked up a bat. Uh, at a Mike Hefner auction several weeks ago. Yeah, you probably fact, outbid me. Probably over did you, need a, did you I, bid on that? Did, I guarantee you outbid me. I was bidding on the Rico bat. Well, I got a call from Hef, and Hef said, you're not going to believe this, but I have in my auction what I think potentially may have been the last bat that Rico ever used in his career. So That's I said, right. let me take a look at it. We had Hef on. He showed us the images. Rico looked at the images, and Rico said, this could be the very last bat. And Rico, what was the reason you switched, right, from a U1 to a 215? Yeah, I used the U1 for a couple of years, hit the 40 home runs with that bat. And then as I got a little older, I went to a W215, which was a Ted Williams model. A bunch of guys used that. Yaz used it, uh, and it was a nice, really... Balanced bat, beautiful bat. But in 76, 
You, uh, when did you get beaned? 74. 74, but you switched to the, to the W215? My you, last year. Your last year. Yeah, 76, seven, last full year. Then I went to spring training in 77. Yeah. And uh, again, there, I, I don't know, I ordered bats, you know, probably both models. And, uh, you know, uh, used them there. But that was spring training. This is regular season. Right. Jeez, but, by the way, well, spring training, yeah. we usually didn't uh, put pine tar on, you know, especially in batting practice and all right. that. Games, this was game. And this, this was no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, so this used. is the bat. It's a bicentennial bat, John. I know you can't see it very yep. well. It's a bicentennial bat. It's got the Good bicentennial looking. sticker on it. Okay. Uh, it's got pine tar, nice, nice uh, patina of pine tar. Okay. So, Rico, what are your a thoughts? A lot of marks here. Where hit <laughs> I said to Rico, I said, Rico, there's not many marks in this. But it was at the end of his career, so he gets a pass. No. But, well, great, what, great, what kind of marks are they? Great. Cleat marks? That's probably just hitting his shoes. <laughs> You know that's what? Right. You're right. Look at, hey, look at this. Uh, that is so, a that's mark. a click. I got it. Right? What no. is this? Look at this black mark, though. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's just a smudge. But anyways, what are your thoughts on this, Rick? Uh, I believe that th I, this was my last model. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I would say this is probably because of the pine tar. Now, why would I, in 76, why would I keep a bat with pine tar on it if it's broken? Good point. You know what I mean? Well, probably because you can't get it off. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. No, no. <laughs> Did you ever try taking it off, Rico? We in in the past, uh, other years, just alcohol rag, rag with alcohol on it comes right, right. off. All right. So, so would you use this, would you use a bat? And John, you can obviously, Derek, you too. Well, uh, would you use a bat that has pine tar on it until the bat? Either cracks or something. Of course. Well, that's my gamer. All right. So, so John, is there a possibility since there are no cracks in this bat and it's got pine tar on it that this very well could be it's the last used. bat that he used? I mean, look at it. look at the barrel. I mean, this is there any way to prove it, John, you know? or not? Well, if you, if you look at Rico's records in '76, he orders the W215 model, yep, as well as the M110. And then his final order, let's see. Watch out with that thing. The last order in 76 was for an M110. However, you know, Rico's a ball player. I mean, you know, he, there's bats in the clubhouse. He's got bats uh, in his equipment bag. You don't throw them away. So during that season, he could have used, you know, any one of the W215s that he orders or the M110s. But I would have kept, if I was like the M110, I would have used it. It would have been somewhere uh, with pine tar on it and, you know, the whole spiel. So did you Correct. use it much? So I didn't, uh, no, I couldn't have because, uh, in fact, I don't even remember it. I don't re remember using it, even ordering it because that, go that bat goes way back. That model... Guys used it way in the past. Really? Yeah, yeah. We just, you know. Just Derek, what are your figure. thoughts? I mean, why don't we figure out who tried to kill Kennedy? <laughs> I mean, we're spending more time on this than the Warren Commission. Thank um, you. Thank you. But, See, you know, you know that. You know, and you outbid me on the freaking bat <laughs> that I'm friends with Rico too, and yes. I was bidding on that bat. I didn't know and that. I would have relinquished to you because then, then you I would have know. asked you to donate it to the fundraiser that we're doing in florida it's to be oh you don't is that gonna be in the fundraiser uh we're, we're de this we're debating the reason i want it to be the reason being is because then it, then i have is. this bat go ahead i want to get your opinions on this i have this bat i want it but i also have a 1970 game used jersey signed by rico now a wool jersey I have a, uh, you have a 71 all right, but here's my point. Yeah. I would really like to eventually give this to the Petroselli family. And the, we the, don't want it. <laughs> Can you listen to the person that is beside you? He's telling you to put it in the charity auction. By the way, I'll d double down on this. I will pay more for it. 
in the charity auction. That was a brilliant. That was actually a good thought. I will now pay Way more go, for that. Derek, you know what I paid for this thing. I don't remember. I bid too much in auctions. I have no idea. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. I paid. Uh, I paid twenty two hundred bucks for this oh, thought, with the vig. He told me twenty thousand. Oh, get out of here! All right. I paid twenty two hundred dollars for this. Yeah, that's probably why I bailed out. I, I mean, know. Rico, no, I know that, but I was hell bent. I, I was hell bent <laughs> on buying it. I wanted to buy it, <laughs> but I was thinking. I know Rico doesn't says don't give me the bat, but Rico's kids would. Definitely loved this bat. That's why I was thinking of, of donating the shirt. My kids hate bats. What? You mean you can't take bats? No, my kids. I gave them the all-star bats, and I gave them the World Series bat. <clears throat> what about your grandkids? Oh, that's awesome. They, you know, the, the World Series bat? Yeah, that's you know. You know the, the, John, that would be his best the, bat, right? The black, well, the black yeah, bats. Yes. I got the two black bats. You know, let's make sure that this is the... The last bat. How do we do that, John? Well, you can't photo really because the only way you can is photo matching. Uh, right. He had two, two orders for the W two one five and seventy six. Right. And they're right. generally six to twelve bats in order. John, let me ask you this question, and before then, we'll, we're going to move on yeah, to other sure. stuff. Is oh, this there is a, this whole show? <laughs> no, but is there a oh. way? I mean, is there a way to photo match this? I mean, could is there like Red Sox film footage or something that we could find out about uh, with Rico? Well, the I don't know. Come on, what's footage, that? Come we would have please? to investigate no. what, to see what? what kind of imagery you can find from John. Rico's last game. Why? Because if Derek wants well, to buy it for the for the auction, not anymore he doesn't. Not after he found out what I paid for it. Well, all no, right. I'm, I'm told you I would pay more. Pay a little so more, a couple more. of hundred. Thousand. I will. All right. We'll, I we'll, think I think most of the listeners to the show are probably scratching their heads and saying, "Yeah, why would?" Oh, by you the way, try to photo you don't match think, yeah, yeah, like you don't think there's anybody that knows Rico that I'm going to bid on it that I just announced I'm going to bid on it, and you can do that during the charity auction. Do you know how many people would like to outbid me now? Just the fact that I said I'm bidding on something. I want to bid on it. <laughs> yeah, see? There's detractors out I w- there. Here, I'll trade you. All right. Here, you no, that win, thing, I, you, let you me need win a, that bad. I'll sell you this bad. You need a boom okay. truck to get that damn thing to us. That oh, thing yeah. is so heavy. But anyway. All well, right, so listen, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about well, it. Yeah, there. let's uh, go ahead. All right, let's, uh, John, you're going to okay. stay with us right for this the end, until the end of this first segment. You guys are friends. You guys are uh, – uh, you call everybody a friend, so thank you. And thank tell you. everybody they're your best guest. Well, I mean, John, do you, like, do, you, do you like Derek, John? Do you like him? Of course. Do I does. like Derek? Yeah. <laughs> 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 do I like Derek? I mean, Derek, like is really not kind of a word that I associate with him. It's kind of it, admire. I oh. admire. That's nice. That's nice. I feel the same about John. <laughs> All right, John. And I do like him, but I do admire him. Actually, that you guys are both uh, heavyweights in this hobby. You both know it, but I don't want to. I don't want to blow your horn. Anyways, all right. Let's talk about first of all, uh, Derek. You have a December twenty third auction coming up. Just yeah, so talk about that a little like bit. A, that's a uh, internet auction. It's got memorabilia and cards in it. It's a nice auction. They usually do between a million and two million dollars. You know, last minute Christmas gifts. It's going to run up until I think December twenty second or third. Ends on that Saturday. I can actually look real quick. Uh, December 23rd. Um, but there's good stuff in there. Mantle rookies, there's Ruth cards, there's going to be some game use stuff, a lot of autograph stuff. But really, the focus is January card auction, which is loaded. Did you see that fresh wax deal we got? I did. Did you see I, that? I heard. I got that over Thanksgiving weekend. You got to read the interview. It was a really good interview. What year is that? What was that? Uh, well, so it was from an ex Tops employee. A dealer had bought it from an ex Tops employee. So there's a lot of test issue stuff. And wax from the uh, cellos, racks, vending that's, from the late sixties, cool, early seventies. Really, just cool. incredible stuff. The grading companies are going to get swamped in super high grade original fresh cards. Non sports also. It's, it's really special. So some of that stuff will be in our January auction. Then February Platinum Night is we've got the Red Hour back collection. We have the Mike Bossy collection. I just took in a 52 Mantle in a PSA 8.5. We've got some incredible John Tobby bats coming up, authenticated by John Tens on some bats, a Ruth bat that's signed in a nine. We have some incredible stuff coming up in platinum. Holy Jesus, a Ruth bat signed in a nine. No, graded a nine. Graded a nine. And signed, yeah. 
What year, do you know? We have a 10 on a Williams bat, a 10 on a Clemente bat. I mean, we have the Platinum Night Auction is going to be one of the biggest. I'm holding back some stuff here, but we, you know, it's going to be, we've got a 1903 World Series program. I mean, the six-figure items. We have a couple million-dollar items in there. I can't say everything. Obviously, the Mano 8.5, I just got that, and that's going to be in there and uh, with a $3 million estimate. Jesus. JT, what about you now? You've got – this is the Christmas season. Do you start – the bats start flowing out of JT Sports? Well, be, before I answer that, no, not really. Not really. They, we piecemeal a few things over, uh, you know, the holidays. But one thing I wanted to ask Derek, Derek, can I show a piece – Ted Williams yes. is going to be in the Platinum Night event. Yes, I'd love you to. I'd love you to talk about it. Yes. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to show you a bat used by the real user of the W215. <laughs> <laughs> this is a GU10 Ted Williams. A what? With arguably the nicest wow. that is Williams cool autograph I've Ooh, seen. Beautiful. GU10 means game use 10. John it's graded it a 10. It's a W215. And it's been photo matched. Oh, wow. To Ted's last uh, month of his career. Oh, we got to photo match you up. That's, That's nice. All there is uh, okay. Yeah, no, but. Just uh, a gorgeous bat. Oh, he got all Filthy. the great wood. I'm serious. Filthy with provenance. It's a beautiful, beautiful bat. That is, you're right. The, he got wow. all kidding aside. He got the best wood. We talked about. Well, he Lisa used to talk about, go to the factory. Yeah, and he, pick it out. he would. <clears throat> he would have them make him make it, and he knew a half an ounce if it was yeah. over what he ordered. <clears throat> excuse it. me. It was it was incredible. But uh, yeah, this his piece bats are beautiful. Match it's a beautiful to bat. September tenth, nineteen sixty, and also mm. it was identified by a, a photo match to the number nine on the knob in the bat rack during Ted's last game. Yeah. Yeah, no. It oh, was, wow. Uh, Tremendous piece. And it is not easy, John, right, like to, for the listeners, photo matching jerseys with pinstripes and such are much easier than photo matching a bat, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, just sure. real quickly, real quickly, uh, we're going to take a break. But, Rico, so if you're promising to buy this, the provenance of the autograph is going to be real because Rico's going to sign it right now. I am? Yeah. You want to sign it? Ask Derek. Derek, Derek. you want it signed? Derek, yeah. you, you want to sign it? you no. just the name on it or? No, don't personalize it. Uh, don't personalize no, it. No, no, yeah, don't personalize <laughs> it. Okay. But yeah, put don't it. do that. All right. Name and put your, you know, you can put Red Sox Hall of Famer. You can put put something Okay. else. What do you normally put? Why don't you put to Derek? I mean, really put the pressure on. <laughs> the, uh, Jesus, no, 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 because don't do that. No, 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 just, Hafner just, will run me up to ten grand on this. Thing. Like <laughs> it's going to be, and I'm going to let him have a two Derek in his collection then. <laughs> two Derek. I'll get him to add two Derek after I win it. How about that? You know, Derek, we'll if you, if, Derek, if you were a real friend with the money you have. You should oh, fly down. You should fly down to Florida and be with us the day of the event. When is it? March second, Saturday afternoon, March second. Okay, if I'm alive, I will try to stay in West. Um, you can stay with us. We have plenty of room. One hundred thirty-nine ninety-five a night, including tax. Where is this? Place? Where Where are we at here? Juno Westside Beach. Or? Juno Beach. Oh, Juno. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm putting down 67 to 75 World Series, two-time All-Star. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should have been more. He's, he's, I like Red Sox Hall of Famer too. Oh, he I will. think yeah. that's that's a that's a nice accolade, Rick. Okay. You weren't voted out of it yet, were you? Actually, you know something. The thing he, of he was actually how many times were you actually chosen? Four, five, five times. To be on the All-Star team. But then it was up to the manager. And on three of those occasions, they would not let him play. Why? Why? <laughs> they just wouldn't do it. If you couldn't. Some bias? Yeah, they didn't like Italian guys. Uh, no. All right. No, Derek, it's just. Oh, it looks you, great. Supposed to Rico be. Petroselli, 67-75 World Series, two-time All-Star, Red Sox Hall of Fame. Love it. All right, we're going to take yeah, a quick break. John. I got a question for you. Well, he, he John's leaving us. 
Oh, John. Oh, oh, oh you can't. Yeah. Can I take can't a break? do it. Oh, it was an Otani. It was an Otani bat. What it would would it be worth? Derek, you want him to stay real quickly? Yes or no? For a few minutes. Jo- yeah. All right, then, Tommy, you're with us. Do you mind? Earth to John. Okay. Um, just stay here, John. Ten minutes. Yeah, just for ten more minutes. Just okay, a- I'm here. All right, sure. we're going to take a quick break. We come back. It's going to be another Gax moment, and then John and Derek are going to be back. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Let's go! Batter up! Hi everyone, this is Rico Petroselli. JustCollect.com, a leader in the vintage sports card industry, is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, Visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. 
JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, it is time for another Gax Moment brought to you each week by our good friend Paul Borges and PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. This week... I want to talk about an old dear friend, the flame and fury of Fleet Street. A little over two years ago, the city of Boston lost a boxing icon who, within the confines of the city, was as famous as Ted Williams, Larry Bird, or Bobby Ewer. Tony DeMarco, the flame and fury of Fleet Street, became the undisputed welterweight champion of the world in 1955, defeating Johnny Saxton at the Boston Garden two blocks from where he lived. Tony grew up and lived his whole life in Boston's Little Italy, also known as the North End. And the night he won the championship, fans in the entire city flooded the streets. They were so happy in celebration. Tony went on to fight the great champion, Carmen Basilio, in what was voted the fight of the century by Boxing Magazine at that time. He also fought eight world champions over his career, beating six of them. He sold out the Boston Garden numerous times and also fought one of his famous fights at Fenway Park. For me personally, Tony was like my second father. We became friends many, many years ago when he asked Ellen and I to ghostwrite his autobiography. From that point on, he actually became my mentor, teaching me some life lessons that I will never forget. Ellen and I had the honor of accompanying Tony to Canastota, New York, when he was inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. I spoke on his behalf, and then Tony spoke. The city of Boston erected a statue of Tony at the entrance to the North End, I was honored to be, to be on that committee. Strolling down Hanover Street in the North End with Tony was like walking down the street with the Pope, especially when we would stop in front of Tony DeMarco Way and he would pose with tourists for pictures and sign autographs. He never said no to a fan. I think about Tony a lot. We keep in touch all the time with his wife, Dottie. She's a sweetheart. As a matter of fact, we just spoke to her a couple of days ago. Tony DeMarco was a great champion, but more than that, he was a great human being. And that's another Gax moment. All right, let's get back to our good friends, Derek Grady and John Tobby from JT Sports and Heritage. You had a question. I had the question before going. uh, You talk, you know, Mr. uh, Non-Modern here. Otani. No, no, it's, the name is Mr. Vintage. Vintage, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm vintage too. Go ahead, go ahead, ask your question. So anyway, if you, John, if you had an Otani bat now, would it, because of the big contract, and that's going to change baseball a lot too well, what, would it be worth a lot more? Um, it's going probably worth a little more. Okay. okay because prior to the contract, it was already worth a lot of money. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right. I can tell you that, you know, at the National last year, we sold a bat for $85,000. Jesus. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a matched home run bat um, and an exceptional piece. And then a step down from that, uh, they were still selling in the, you know, $40,000 $40, range. And this yeah. is uh, the momentum and the you know the enthusiasm that is behind this player yeah. you know it's difficult to, you know I, I haven't seen anything for a current player like this ever it's the face ever. of the game now he him and uh, judge probably those two uh the big names the big home run hitters but yeah. Soto, uh, o- o- Soto. yeah oh, you can't put them in 
Well, you're not a Soto compa- fan. You never have it. Derek, do you have what a... What do you mean I'm not a Soto fan? No, you're not. No, anyway, but uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> just want to know. Because this is, you know, every time a guy gets a gigantic contract, you know every, you're going to see guys 50 million a year, you know, uh, come up from 30 to 40 million, and now yeah. probably 50 million. Derek, so, I mean, I, it is what it is. Well, t- think about the money you would be making. Hey, don't, today. don't, don't even say that. <laughs> Getting the chills. Derek, what do you have? What do you have for a bat collection? Do you own many bats? So my main uh, value in my collection is my game worn jerseys. However, I have been a bridesmaid on a lot of bats, and I do have. Some really nice bats. You know, I have a Brett Pine Tar <clears throat> loaded and the graded a 9.5 by John. Um, that's one of my favorites because I'll never forget him storming out of the dugout like he was going to murder the umpire. I mean, I just, I uh, still remember yeah. that as a kid it's watching a that. So, and then, so I'm going to have, I have a Maze bat, I have an Aaron bat. They're only uh, eight fives, but they're nice, but they're nice bats. So, as John would tell you, the narrative in the hobby at some point, which made no sense is that a bat had to be a 10 or a 9 or a 9.5. Yeah. And with a card, an 8 is a really good vintage grade. And John has showed me 8s that look like 9s or 10s, but technically they can't be. Bat grading is different. and uh, But 8s yeah. don't suck, okay? Yeah. And I don't, but I still fall under that narrative to some degree that unless John shows me, because I trust him, you know, through and through. If he shows me why this eight is a really nice eight, and only the rules prohibit him from grading it higher, because you have to have a standard, right? So I will have like I have a Frank Robinson eight that's beautiful, okay, and he's a tough bat, right, John? Like tough bat, yeah. A, so a nice have, Frank Robinson, very tough. Yeah. So I have I have a Brooks Robinson. Obviously, I sold his collection, and I and I did buy a bat of his. I've got Stargell and Clement. I've got a signed Clemente Gamer, graded an eight five. I mean, I have tens on some bats. I have nines on some bats. I will say, when the bats were booming during the pandemic, I was getting offered four times and three times what I paid for some of them. So I had no choice but to take money off the table. But I'm always looking in auctions to pick up. You know, another bat. And I do have an original Louisville bat rack that I bought out of Leland's. Nice. And I've been filling that bat rack up. So I probably have about 30 bats. Very cool. But they're not. Yeah. <clears throat> John, I want to ask John, you have a favorite bat, one that you would not sell no matter what? Well, I've got two people. You know, two of your bats here, Rico. Oh, by the way, John, you and I get to stay on the wall. I mean, there's no way I would sell. Those. I, I may, I may take one off your hands. You John. We'll talk later. You on. can't get anything okay. for it. That's, that's no, like, I've got that. I've got that big war club, and then I oh, have yeah, an, an Adirondack of yours from the uh, uh, early mid seventies. Didn't I send you a uh, Dwight Evans bat a couple of years ago? You sent me a Dwight Evans that I authenticated. Right, right. And I have your bat. I have a, well, it's probably a Dwight Evans model. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, you had I, ordered from I, Adirondack, yes. I had, no, I, this was a cracked bat. But, yep. But anyway, yeah, it's just uh, a cracked bat. bat. Oh, is that the bat? exciting That's bats. the bat, and it's autographed by Rico. And there's the crack. Yeah. Which we repaired. So wait a so second. Hit in the hands. So why would you send him a Dwight Evans model bat? Well, I talked to him without you being in the <laughs> yes. conversation. He, I said, John, I got a <clears throat> Dwight Evans bat. I had a bunch of bats in the in the uh, in the basement, and uh, somebody else's bat. Was it a Dwight Gamer? Well, I, you, I, see, you you see where the conversation's going, right, Derek? Mm-hmm. Rico obviously never used the bat. Which bat? You know, he, he he sent me a bat, one of his bats that was used by Dwight Evans. No, 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 no. <laughs> How the hell did you get that? Huh? No, no, I, I sent a, a, a Dwight Evans bat. I know that. Yeah, so? How did you get a Dwight Evans bat? I probably used it. Are you stole it. No, I didn't them? use it. Dwight Evans used it. <laughs> 
Somebody used it. Somebody used it. Here's what happened. It's he, a great bat. Him and, him and Evans were drinking one night, and he got he got Evans shit-faced and said, hey, can I have that bat? And Wait, Evans can you say me. that? Yeah. 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 Or, oh, yeah, you sure. Can. Yeah, this is Facebook. But you can't use F-bombs. No F-bombs. You didn't tell me I could swear. I, I, I mean, just I said know. you cannot use F-bombs. Okay. And technically, uh, I mean, we're on the radio do I, I also. Cover up? I don't want to make Heritage look bad. No, but should technically, technically, we're on the radio up here also, oh, so we could, get, we, could get, we could get zigged but, a little bit. But anyway. You know, guys, just g- jumping back real quick to what Derek was saying about gr- the grading process and how everybody, you know, it's got to be a 10 or it's got to be a 9 or a 9.5. You know, there's <clears> a lot of opportunities that collectors miss when, by – foregoing, you know, bats that are graded eight or eight five, because there's nothing wrong with the authenticity there. You're generally talking about maybe a condition issue or the amount of use that is on the bat. Yeah. Very these cool. Bats, you know, they're still game used by the player. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. This is kind of cool. It is time for our segment on deck with Rico. He answered the tough questions. On deck with Richard Petroselli. On deck with Richard Petroselli. <laughs> brought to us each week by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. This question is a killer. It was submitted by Dan Mahoney. The question is, <laughs> didn't you and Louis Aparicio once set Yaz's coat on fire? Uh, <laughs> where did this question come up? <laughs> hey, Don, you must be uh, <clears throat> a senior, senior citizen. No, Yaz used to use uh, his overcoat all the time. It was a Colombo coat. Terrible. <laughs> Spots on it, you know, dirt. Here's a, a future Hall of Famer. We used to say, yes, what the hell are you doing? Ah, you know, he'd laugh. <laughs> so finally, finally, we got it off him, and we got it on the ground and threw some uh, lighter stuff on it <laughs> and finally got rid of it. You burned it. it. You we and burned it. We, we burned it. And Aparicio was there. I'll tell you what it started. For not me, but Aparicio. Then, yes, said, I'm going to get you back. He started to rip uh, Aparicio's suits. This guy he wore shark skin suits. It was a, beautiful. Just tear him off, cut the tie, put the, uh, shaving cream in the sock, all this stuff. They were going back and forth. It was a riot. Finally, who broke it up? But, I think. The manager? Uh, no, I think Louis said, I, I can't afford it anymore. I got no more suits. So, anyway, that, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Interjection, guys. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, it's, it's, I see you're excited uh, about that. Yeah, no, I mean, wake uh, up, Derek. Yeah, let me hang, hang on a second. Um, I think I like Rico's relationship with Yaz. Yeah. Yaz was a true legend, and I think that's really cool. Are you? Did you? Was he one of your favorite teammates, Rick? Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. I mean, and, you played with him his yeah. your whole career. Well, he was great. Uh, my first year, and uh, just got married, and uh, wait, <laughs> back in the day in spring training, and <clears throat> he made me a martini. That I tell you, I think I woke up three days later. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Really? I said, what the hell? He put, I think yeah. he put a Mickey in it or something. Huh? <laughs> I says, "Yes, what are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm 19 years old. You want to kill me?" He was a heavy smoker too, right? At one time, yeah, yeah, he would, uh, but he was uh, he was mentally tough, great, just a great competitor, and people don't realize the pressure that was on him in, in Boston after the '67 season. But anyway, let's talk about the guys for the for the auctions. All right, so yeah, the, uh, Derek, auctions. I did have another question for you. Oh, by the way, Jared Jared Cavley is going to join us uh, towards the end of the show from Pristine Auctions. Um, Derek, what do you think of the Otani contract? And, John, I'm going to ask you the same, the way it was structured. Um, Come on, Derek. I, the money has become just fun money. And I, you know, my, my main thing with, I, I am not, if I'm, I'm a capitalist. You know, if somebody's going to pay you this, you got to take the money. Of course. And he's been great for the game. He's truly unbelievable. Uh, I mean, gee, right. I mean. 
pitch and hit. I mean, it, but the money is just insane. I mean, that's almost a and billion dollars here. Well, but did you look, see the way they structured it, John? Yeah. What, how did look, they structure it? It's like two, two million or something. Two million, and then oh, the, the the bulk of the of the money is at the right. back end towards the end it's of his career. So what it did, but, it, it, but you, you know, you talk about time. the contract, you know, and the amount of the contract. Listen to the you know the story that Rico just told how the game was. Here's yeah. Aparicio, a Hall of Fame, right? Hall of Famer who is concerned about getting new suits. Good point. Because he can't afford them. Yeah. Okay. And here you and have. And they used to have point. side That's jobs. That's a good point. They exactly. played in the majors. How the game is Five years. My first five years, I had work in the offseason. But the thing is, John, and uh, there, times have changed. Yeah, you know, yes. the owners, of, of course, the Dodgers, what are they, hedge mm-hmm. funds guys, they have billions of dollars. Yep. So, and they just sold it. They just, they know what this is going to bring. The, yeah. the more season exactly. tickets. Oh, absolutely. More yeah. not, not only that, but the way the, the contract was structured, it still frees up boatloads of money for the Dodgers because he deferred yeah. uh, like yeah. 80% of his salary till when he's ready to retire. Right. Yep. So the, the Dodgers are still going to be in the hunt for whoever they want to bring in. Right. And yet you I, have I just, to admire him for that, you know, yeah. because oh, absolutely. what I've read, it was his idea. To defer. I think what lets us down as fans, and I still haven't got to the bottom of this, and nobody really has a good answer, but I think athletes are overtraining. You do not. I grew up in the 80s. Hmm. The The amount that these players are getting hurt, and they sign these big contracts. Trout is now hurt all the time. Okay, I hope Atani is, <clears throat> and he's a great player, but, I, but he gets hurt all the time. I hope Atani doesn't get hurt or, you know, has to have a Tommy John surgery or something. I mean, the fans want to see the players play. I hope the players you deliver that, you know. You hit it. Can play. The fans, you're right, because the owners, I think, they ins- get insurance for these guys. Yeah. For injuries, yeah. and if they cannot play any longer, they give them some monies back, right. a lot of money right. back. Right. But yeah. it's the fans. I mean, I can the understand. Fans. I hear from people, geez, these guys, I mean, we're trying to make ends meet, and these guys, yeah, they're bringing people in. But it's – yeah. yeah, all of that stuff, but it's still hard for people to digest it and to to accept it. So this is going to raise the salaries for a lot for all the other players. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break, John. We're going to let you go now. I can't thank you enough for <laughs> uh, coming in and uh, clarifying yeah. uh, all of this information. But more than anything, because of you, Derek has committed to oh, buying Christ. this bat. Uh, for the my job, yeah. for the little smiles uh, fundraiser, John and Derek has also committed to flying down to be with us. We hope he does. Maybe use him as an, a guest auctioneer with us. Ooh. So, oh god, he's good. He's really? Good. Do I have to have a license? No, you don't have to. It's a John, oh, I can just do anything. Oh, that'd no. be fun. Yeah, All right, we're going to take. John, we're going to take a John, quick great Thank you very much, John. Thanks a lot, and have a great hey, John, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Man. Merry Christmas, John. Yeah, happy New Year Same to too. you guys. Take care. All right, we're going to take a quick you. break. We come back. Uh, Derek's going to hang with us, and we're going to bring Jared from Pristine in. Hang in there. We will be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. 
the original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetrocelliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrocelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. Yeah, it's Petrocelli Marketing. Actually, you can call at 800-264-4294 or go to our website at uh, Petrocelli, P-E-T-R-O-C-E-L-L-I-M-K-T. Dot com and uh, Petroselli Marketing has clients all over the nation. So if you're listening from another state, uh, we can get this stuff out to you on time. You know, uh, we, Derek, my not son, for, that's not for my nothing, kids. Derek. But why don't you guys kids. buy some pens? Ah, uh, don't Rico. worry about it. You know, don't be so cheap. You stop it? What are you talking about? Pens. Am I the person that handles everything at Heritage? We have like 800 people. Yeah, but you get connected. But you're, you have juice. Go through the proper channels. You have juice. All right. You know? Jared, who's Jared, is Jared, Jared with us? All right, listen. 
Let's say hi to Jared. Jared Cabot yeah, from Jared Fisher. Jared, Jared, order some pens. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, you guys know each other, right? Or do you not? Sort of, from the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure we crossed paths many yeah. times. Yeah. So Jared's uh, pristine auctions. <clears throat> uh, Derek is heritage auctions. Two great right. companies. Tell us about Heritage. the elite auction, Jared. You have this elite auction, man. I, I went online. You got some unbelievable stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of catching up myself. This, this is a good one. Um, so we, about three months ago, we started, we, we pivoted our elite auction so that everything's no reserve. Uh, we started only allowing 100 items, uh, and then we had to turn away a bunch of premium product. And so this month, we opened it up a little bit. It's still very exclusive, very small, but we're at, it looks like 214 lots this month. So, uh, you know, still easy to browse through and see everything. But uh, yeah, there's some, there's some nice stuff. An 8687 Fleer set, a Jordan Wings poster, my personal favorite. Uh, Babe Ruth uh, signed 1944 Spalding booklet. That's pretty nice with a really nice bold signature. Um, and the list goes on. So I, I guess I won't bore you by listing everything. You kind of got to go check it out. But uh, those are just the top three items right now. Um, but again, 214 lots and uh, absolutely no reserves on anything. When a, a collector, especially uh, not, not a new, but a fairly experienced collector, goes to look to buy a card, should they look at the things that you guys look at, the the outline. So you you're know, saying if it's not graded, if it's if it's a raw card, right? Yeah, yeah. So I go to a card show, you know, and there's tables there, and they, geez, I want a, um, I don't know, uh, Louis Aparicio. Yeah, let's say a Louis Aparicio, and should I should I look at the card as a young, fairly young collector? Should I look at the the white? Should it be, you know, what I mean, the perfection of the card, or just? Go, I like Aparicio, boom. Like, you know what I'm saying? What do you look at? Yeah, yeah no, I, I know what you're saying. That, that's way above my pay grade. Um, if I were an experienced collector, I would absolutely stick to stuff that's already graded. Now, obviously, you're paying for the grade, so you're not going to be able yeah. to make a bunch of money there. But the experienced collectors, uh, dealers, that's that's a great opportunity to make some money. If you Derek, really know I mean, your stuff. Derek, you were, yeah, you were, yeah. you were a lead grader. I mean, yeah. do you still am? Just I'm not at a company right do, now. Do you just try to discourage? Company. Do you try to discourage uh, young collectors from buying raw cards, or should they buy raw cards? You know, the grading companies thrived because the tables were the wild west in the '70s and '80s and '90s. I have altered cards in my collection, so the main purpose of a grading company was, you know, look, cards can be you know, trimmed or white out in the corners or color added on a 71 tops black border card. And the grading companies, you know, take that, that out of the equation and keep the card doctors honest. The other thing is everybody in the eighties would put cards in screw downs and just screw the heck and strip, strip those screws. Remember I it makes that. the cards flatten, you know, you can't see a crease. So dealers would actually grade cards a grade or two above the, what they actually were because they presented so nice in those big, thick, loose sight screwdowns. That the grading companies take the onus off of that and just say, "Here's what it is. We're unbiased. Here's what it is," and that's the importance. So when you buy a, a card, I mean, I wouldn't tell a collector today to buy a Mickey Mantle or a Roberto Clemente, any Mickey Mantle, but a Roberto Clemente rookie card, an Aaron rookie card that's raw in somebody's case in a big screwdown. Okay. Good to know. Now, there's dealers that will have a return privilege, and there's dealers that just come into your town for one day and they're gone. So you got to be, I'm only going to buy graded cards. I can buy raw because I'm a professional grader, but not everybody can. So I would buy that based on value. As Jared said, you buy a graded card because you already know it's authentic, it's not been altered, it's in the holder. Great. Then what Rico said, was if we're talking lesser value card and buy from trusted dealers, there's a reason some of these guys have been around for 30 years. You can trust them. Mm-hmm. You can buy from them. They'll stand behind the product. What Rico said was interesting. He said he, he was saying the outline, meaning the centering. Right. In the eighties as a collector, I like cards that came fresh out of packs and they can come out of packs off center. Right. So I would buy cards that look mint, but they were off center, but we still called those near mint to mint in the eighties. I feel old right now, by the way. Yeah, um, But, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we would still call those near the Mint. Now, some of those cards that I thought were near the Mint, I would actually grade sixes. Right. Because they're not centered. Centering has really taken over the hobby. People want that frame, as Rico said, 
the outline of the frame to be centered. The car just appears nicer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, why would why if I'm buying yeah. a Rico Petroselli rookie card would I want the card off the you know exactly. not centered and tilt, tilted or centered to the left when you can find one that's well centered? And by the way, you know your your wife can tell centering. They might not be able to tell the corners. They might not pick up a print dot, but anybody can tell a centered card. So if you have a card on display and it's way off center, somebody like, isn't that card off? Yeah. Right. You know, so centering's really a premium. So um, I would suggest buying centered cards when you can. Interesting. Yeah. Jared, yes, you know, yes, over yes. the last since the last time you were on, um, we've had some interesting comments from your friendly competitors like Heritage. Not Heritage necessarily because I, I don't think Derek was on at the time, but you seem to be on the radar now of all the other the competition. Uh, talking to uh, Mike Hefner from from uh, uh, Leland's, talking to Joe Thomasulo or Dan Wilkin from Memory Lane. How many employees do you have? Uh, we're right about right about a hundred. You have yeah, a- we, at our peak, we're about one hundred and fifty. But over the about the last year, we've just gotten a little more efficient in certain areas, and so we're we're at about what, we're actually producing more with 100 than we were with 150. What's your our, average uh, lot? Because now it's that great. I have to put him on my radar, <laughs> exactly. That's my quite. That's well, why. First, first of all, let me just say this: like that that means a lot to me. Um, I, I actually kind of take a pride in kind of flying under the radar. You know, where I, I know uh, that, and we've I'm noticed that over the last. Over here. I mean, and you've I'm been a, um, but I'm a customer too of all these guys. You know, I've been a collector and buying for. Many years. So. What is your target? What is your average lot value? Like, are you? Uh, it's hovering around ninety bucks. Okay. Now, what is yeah, your? What for is, the most part, we're we're processing a lot of stuff that you guys would would turn down, kind of scoff at, and well, you know, I don't want to scoff at anything yeah. because believe it or yeah, not, sure. even collectors that have multi million dollar collections, when there's hundred dollar cards that I've got tons of them that I want. You know, and I need to sign up for your auctions. I just have signed up for so many, but well, I need to check you out, we have, um, and I will. We have about three minutes today. left. What do you do in sales? May I ask? If you don't want to share that with us, you don't have to. Yeah, no problem. No, this year will be about $90 million. $90 million. So, That's huge. I, that is that's unbelievable. Than, I mean, that, Jared, you have, you've, right, you've managed to stay under the radar for like seven years, but you're you're an almost a hundred million dollar company. It's Jeez, like unbelievable. Fabulous. Un- but the other thing, Derek, is we're looking at him as a like a, a baby baby brother to Heritage. Only reason being is because besides the sports, he's into art, musical instruments, all of like all of this <laughs> other stuff that you guys are in. But he's like a mini version, uh, which are I you, find. What all? Are you you're not just sports, Jared. You're doing other. Yeah, stuff we too. we. We do. We do pop culture, music. Um, okay. We venture a little bit into art and coins. Not really our expertise. Um, we have a little bit of it, but uh, <clears throat> something that we have an opportunity potentially to grow there. You know, hire Is an your, expert and really who grow there. Do you consider your main? Because we're we're not. Here's the thing. I've taken in. We got two minutes left. We got about two minutes. When, when I'm competing, this is good quality content, though, Tom. I know okay. that. Okay. It is. So. It is. Um, I haven't heard I'm competing against Pristine. So we're not <coughs> yeah. running in the same circles, but yet we're doing 150 to 200 million. You're doing 90 million. And somehow we're not running in the same circles. What um, were you, your client base, who are you competing against, I guess? Who is your main competition? eBay? Is it? Yeah, Pristine? yeah, I think is so. Yeah, guys? I think, yeah, it would be more an eBay or Amazon, you know, something a little more where the average guy goes to shop would be more of our competition. Um, yeah. You know, some people that maybe aren't looking deep enough would probably consider Heritage Golden and those guys. But we've kind of we've really made a conscious effort over the years to find our niche, you know, be comfortable there and just be really good at that, you know, and be really good at what a lot of our competitors aren't competing for. You know, you guys are um, competing for the million dollar plus product that and you're right, like most people today wouldn't consider us for that. Um, our lead auction is a little bit of a play in that space, um, but it's still it's still not going to compete, you know, for I'm sure many, many years. Interesting uh, stuff. Man. But, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it does at least provide a platform for some of that premium stuff for our buyers and sellers to start, start it's playing a little for, bit. Important for but collect- it's definitely not our niche. Collectors Absolutely. to hear that because they, they want to know that, uh, you know, the, the, the industry is secure. And where they're going. You guys, right. Yeah. So that is well, and, and very just important. so you know, too, I mean, I'm honest with collectors. I mean, we've had some people approach us with some of that product. And, uh, you know, I've told them we're not ready yet. You know, I, I send them to 
to the bigger guys um, for that reason. But, you know, five, 10,000 plus, you know, we're comfortable in that space. All right. Anything Good. above that is probably going to go to our competitors. Your website address. Yeah, pristineauction.com. And Derek? HA.com and go to sports. I can't thank you guys hey, enough. It was great. I'm glad you guys Derek, met. Thank you. You have a niche. Yeah. You have a big niche. Florida. He's coming to Florida. We're, gonna, we're committing you to Florida. We'll talk to you before <laughs> that. You're going to be there. And with that being said, to our viewers and listeners, thank you so much. Don't forget, little smiles. If you can make a donation online, mention the Great American Collectible oh, yeah. Show. Absolutely. With that being kids, said. Kids, we need them. Happy collecting. God bless. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.